You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. We use it when we're doing these workshops, right? And we're asking people, like, share some common fetishes. And of course, it goes like feet. You know, we get that. Okay, spanking. Okay, cool. Got that. Got that. Um, and, you know, people are just like, you, you'll see them. They'll, they'll cross their hands and, and they're rejecting. Like, you know, I don't got, I, I don't have no weird, weird. That's the word that comes off like, you know, weird sex uh, behavior. And King will go, are you an ass or are you an ass or titty man? And it's like, titties all day, man. Titties all day. Boom. There's your fetish, right? Yeah. Welcome to Honey Do Me, a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond. Hosted by Emma Norman and Cass Anderson. Here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the answers. So we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them. We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal that we are worthy of love and pleasure, and that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? We are getting excited, getting mm-hmm. a little handsy, talking about <laughs> fetishes like impact play, BDSM, submissive, mm-hmm. dominant. All the good stuff. So we are talking with Jet Setting Jasmine. She is the co-owner of Royal Fetish Films with her partner, King Noir, and that is an award-winning adult content site. So she's a producer, a director, a performer. She's also a sex educator, an entertainer, and a therapist. Truly a badass woman. Truly such a badass. Yeah. Also a mom. So and also just a mom. all around such yeah, a cool, such a amazing superhero. person. So I can honestly say that I had no idea really what a fetish was. Oh, me neither. This I thought I did. I thought I did, but a lot like of the feet, th- right? <laughs> Literally, that was my only example of mm-hmm. what a fetish could be because it's so often talked about in like a negative way. Yes. Not that feet fetish is a bad thing, but like people only associate it with like weird or like very like out there type mm-hmm. of things. Exactly. Like it's always kind of like gross and slimy and like something you have to keep to yourself. Right. I've never heard fetish talked about in this like positive, empowering way. Like it's something wrong. Exactly. Not something right that you it's, should incorporate. Yeah. It's something that's wrong with you and don't talk about it. Yes. So it's pointing directly at me. Directly <laughs> at you. So I think this was a beautiful conversation to open up like the space to explore what fetishes are. Because mm-hmm. I think like now that we have this conversation, it's like, oh, fuck yeah, I probably have a fetish. I definitely do, yeah. Yeah, so we talk about fetishes. We also talk about specific fetishes, mm-hmm. like impact play, because yeah. it's not two people just slamming their bodies <laughs> together, which is what I thought Really? <laughs> when When we first started talking about impact play, mm-hmm. I was like, does that just mean hitting each other? <laughs> You're like, as hard as you can, like, you just, just run. Just a right hook to the yeah. face. Or yeah, body slams. I literally didn't know what impact play was well we really got into it how to do it what to do it with how to start out Mm -hmm. we talk about how to implement fetishes how to talk to a partner about fetishes how to find what your fetish maybe is that you didn't even know but like really analyzing what you're into it's so much fun you're gonna learn so much so much and we'll just see you on the other side yeah yeah bye bye (laughs) so i think we want to start with just what is a fetish Okay, so that is a very, very common question. And oftentimes people um, will tell you a specific fetish when you say, mm-hmm. what is a fetish? They'll go, ah, oh, feet. Right? Like that, like, <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah, that, that is a fetish. <laughs> um, so really basic definition is, is a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to a particular object. Right. So the objectification piece object really could be anything that is not utilized for the purpose of procreation. So we like to kind of broaden it up just a little bit. There's um, there's a couple of definitions of fetish that we join together. So we like to think about it as sexual arousal 
in any way that is not for the purpose of procreation. So now let your mind wonder. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, I, that's a fetish, right? It's yeah. like, that's boring. <laughs> that's boring. <laughs> but yeah, all of these, um, so many of our sexual acts that are directly related to our sexual arousal. So that thing that you have to, you know, that like that thing that you really, really need to take you over the top that has nothing to do with getting you pregnant um, might very well be your fetish. Okay. That's so much more of an inclusive way to think about it. And I feel like if we had that definition put out there more, people would stop shaming the word fetish so much or being so cringy at the word (laughs) fetish for Mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. I think we're scared of things that we think we don't have, right? Right. Because, um, you know, or, um, or scared of things that we, we just don't, we don't know, we don't have a definition for it. And it is much easier to make fun of something, right, Mm -hmm. or reject it than it is to do an assessment of yourself and see like, well, where does that show up for me? Um, But when we do broaden that, that um, definition up a bit, like you said, to make it much more um, inclusive to all of the things that we are, that we have strong sexual desires about, then, you know, people actually do feel like, oh, I may have found my tribe. And that that's when things get healthy, right? You know, where you find safe places to talk about it, to explore it, to learn how to do these things properly. Mm-hmm. That's where we come in. Yeah. I love that. Do you feel like based on that definition, then most people have a fetish, whether or not they feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. to claim it? Absolutely. Um, you know, the easiest, the, the funniest thing that um, we use in, when we're doing these workshops, right, and we're asking people, like, share some common fetishes. And of course, it goes like, feet, you know, we get that. Okay, spanking. Okay, cool. Got that. Got that. Um, and, you know, people are just like, you, you'll see them, they'll, they'll cross their hands and, and they're rejecting, like, you know, I don't got, I, I don't have no weird, weird, that's the word that comes off, like, you know, weird sex mm-hmm. uh, behavior. And King will go, are you an ass or you're, are you an ass or titty man? And it's like, titties all day, man. Titties all day. Boom. There's your fetish. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, really? And you take it down a little further. What about, what about breasts? You know, I love women with big breasts. I love women with large areolas. I love women who still are lactating. Okay. Now we're talking. Now mm-hmm. we're getting into how specific and strong these desires can be about an objectification of the body. So you may be thinking like who this person who does all this work around the decolonization of sex and kink talking about fetishes and allowing, you know, talking about the objectification of body, body parts is very different than you as a human. So as a human, you cannot be fetishized because it's all about a particular object, a human being is not an object. We are human. So if someone says, I have a black person fetish, they have turned that person into an inanimate object. And, and that takes your humanity away. Then therefore you are operating in a very unethical, you know, unethical sense. So I just kind of want to point that out because sometimes it's just like, well, I I thought fetishes were bad when it comes to people and their body parts. It's like, Mm -hmm how you're utilizing that. And then also we want to pay attention to like our historical context around these things. Mm -hmm. Can something that would, would be a sexual desire come across as, um, a a sexual, like almost like an assault to Mm -hmm. that, that person in the way that we're describing them in context. Right. So, um, I think that, you know, we can be very inclusive of of that word, but we can also be very sensitive to what that means to different people and their, and their bodies and their humanity. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm so happy that this is what we're talking about and that you brought that up because it could be such a empowering word. If like, if fetish is like, no, my fetish is like, big boobed woman, big breast, whatever. And it's like, that's okay. That's so great. But we also need to know when it crosses a line and what that boundary is Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. it gets unhealthy. And then educating people around that. Mm -hmm. Like it's totally Mm -hmm. healthy to have a fetish. That's fine. Let's embrace that. Let's break down that stigma, but let's draw a boundary and educate ourselves about what is too far. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's so great to bring up that knowledge around this too, especially for young people. Like I, before starting this work, Fetish was like 
cringy word, bad, only weird people have fetishes type of a thing. But it's like, Mm -hmm. no, let's talk about Mm -hmm. it and let's draw that boundary because it's the boundary that we're talking about that is cringy and and bad when you cross that over. So I think this is so great. Yeah, absolutely. And then I had one more question kind of. So then what would be the difference between Mm -hmm. a sexual fantasy and a fetish? Or is there a difference? Are they the same thing? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I think like, so, so I would say you can have a fantasy that includes fetishes, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, part, so part of your fantasy can be, um, I, you know, I like, I'm like, like, oh yeah, what is my fetish right now? It could be like, <laughs> um, oh, I, I have one. I have one. <laughs> so, um, I just got done doing this on OnlyFans earlier today. I am interested in how I can get my submissive to, I want to prostitute him in, in, in a virtual fantasy like way. <laughs> Let me choose my words carefully. <laughs> I want to share him. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that in the time of COVID, right? right. Um, and so I was thinking today, like, oh, it would be such a fantasy if I could just like send him to one of my other sex worker girlfriend's house and like have him like clean her house or something like that. Like what if, you know, so this is, it's a fantasy, but in the fantasy is the fetish of a submissive. It's the fantasy of um, domestic work. It's like all of all of these fetishes are within that fantasy. Mm -hmm. And so, so just so you guys know, if you're wondering like, so how did this play out? Um, I sent (laughs) him to her OnlyFans page to um for her to use him however she wanted to today um virtually digitally yeah that is so, so i cool. love today. that oh that's <laughs> awesome um, that's one way to figure it out <laughs> isn't it right? yeah. and i and i got to like play this idea out uh, of it so you know and but a fantasy can also be like let's just say this was a lover of mine from long you know from far away and i was just sharing i mm-hmm love for you to just like magically pop up at my doorstep and you know we open the door and we start kissing and that's just it's a fantasy mm-hmm. um and maybe if the big 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 turn on is the element of surprise of him showing up to my door then that's the fetish or the kiss mm-hmm. you know i have an oral fixation um so yeah the two are separate um but there's definitely fetishes that come within our fantasies that makes a lot of sense. I love that definition. We've been talking about sexual fantasies in a previous episode and since then. So I love when we can kind of all put it together and be like, yeah, this is how this circle. fits. Because there's so many mm-hmm. layers to everything within our sexuality. So, yeah, thinking you have it all figured out, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just my fantasy. And then you exclude, like, what parts of the fetish played in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, maybe my mm-hmm. fetishes don't have to be in my fantasy. They could mm-hmm. be in my real life. And so that's – I'm glad that we touched on yes. that definition. That's mm-hmm. so – oh, it's good. I- <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> And I'm sure this has come up in, in other, this has come up in other discussions perhaps as well. Our fetishes that either show up in our fantasies or our fetishes that we just think about or um, things that we really haven't manifested into like acting out your fantasy or acting mm-hmm. out that fetish. I think it's important to let people know that some things are really comfortable in our heads. Like mm-hmm. some things will live there forever. You know, some of the things I want to do to my exes that, you know, like it'll be, I'm never, I'm not going to do those things to them. I'm over them. Yeah. I promise. I promise. I guys. promise. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but think about it, right? So many things in our life, like there's many of things that we would say like, oh, I wish I could like jump on a plane and do this and do that. And it's like, yeah, I'd never do that. But it, it, it plays out nicely in our head. Absolutely. But when it comes to our sex, it, we sometimes feel like, oh shit, if I thought it, I must mean I got to do it. Like, no. Sometimes it's like, great. Like some of my fantasies, I don't want them to actualize in real life because I know someone's going to mess it up. Good chemistry. Yes. You know, the temperature is good. I don't want to mess that up. It's my go-to. Mm-hmm. And if I try to actualize it and somebody messes it up, I'm going to have to come up with another one. So it's okay. Even some of our fetishes, I remember seeing something and going like, damn, like that's so hot. It so turns me on. But if somebody ever fucking <laughs> spit in my mouth and then asked me to spit it back in theirs and spit it back in mine and I spit it back in theirs. No, 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 no. So good to watch, bad to do. Yes. Right? Yeah, that um, was for a- me. That was a huge question that I had around fantasies too, which is like, what does it mean if I never want it to come out of my head? And does that mean that I secretly I'd have to get comfortable actually doing it? Or can this just be in my head? 
Oh, I love yes. that. It's like you have an amazing imagination or you mm-hmm. have a great like spank bank in your yeah. head for the times <laughs> that you need to access it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure. And, you know, we see this mm-hmm. when we tell a lover like, oh, like that looks really hot. And then it's like, oh, is that what you want? Like, do I need to change you? Like those kind of people, like, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just, it's just nice. It's just nice to think about. Right. But I like what I have or I'm good with where we are right now. Right. That's totally. so true. It's like, do not mess up the perfect scene in my head because you will fuck it up. It is so good in my head. It's so good in my head. Yeah. And I, I show up like, like I'm perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. If um, you have decided like, yes, this is something I want to do in real life. How do you bring that mm-hmm. up with a partner? Like if it's the first conversation you're having around like kink or fetish, yeah. anything like that, like how do you mm-hmm. bridge that conversation? Mm-hmm. That sounds scary. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great question. There's a couple of tools. Um, you know, I, I have, I, I definitely think that um, one of the main things is like forget, the, for, for, forget that the how part as mm-hmm. much as this this part. Most of the time when we're saying why we don't say things is because we're afraid of what the reaction is going to be. We're mm-hmm. afraid of judgment, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we could just get first figure out like, okay, I really, I, I love this thing. I think I love this thing. And I want to share it with my partner. That first like pause of like, I can't say that or, oh shit, I got to mm-hmm. tell like, ooh, how am I going to say that? Explore that part. What are you afraid of in that moment? Right. Because that is really going to help you decide how you need to approach it. Usually my first thought is like, you know, like he's going to think I'm crazy. Right. (laughs) So so before for me, it's like, let me get a little bit more information so I could explain this through. Mm -hmm. Let me also let me also explain it in a way that my partner understands how I want to participate in it. So I'm not just going to be like, I don't know, like, I don't know, triple anal penetration. <laughs> what do you think? You know? and, and without context. But if I say, I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking, I would really like to, to use my dildo to be one of the many penetrators in a room. That, that takes on a whole different picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so one, like even be, sitting with it yourself and becoming a little bit more clear or as clear as you can get with how you want to like paint this picture to your partner so their imagination isn't going left field. Right. The other thing too is that part of you that goes, oh my gosh, like they might reject me or they might judge me. And so we're looking for the reaction. Like when I say triple anal penetration, you know, like, you know, and, and, and like if you go like this, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. They, they, they're not, not they're going not, well. Not yeah. going well. Tell, <laughs> not us. Yeah. But when I tell my clients about um, anticipate a shocking reaction, anticipate. So that way you've been thinking about this for like two years, probably by the time Mm -hmm. it's coming out your mouth, your partner is just hearing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so their reaction is not immediately a rejection. It's not immediately shame or judgment. It's just, I just learned something new. Mm -hmm. Right. And being okay with allowing, because a lot of times we'll be like, so I'm thinking about this and our partner's like, oh, oh. And we're like, so you don't want to do it? It's like, I haven't even had a chance to like think it through. Mm-hmm. Right. So allowing your partner also time to process it, mm-hmm. time to ask questions. So it may sound like more of a conversation of, I want to share something that I've been interested in, or I think I'm interested in, or something that's been turning me on lately. And please don't feel like you have to say yes, no, or maybe I just want to share it with you. And then if you're open to talking about it, we can talk about it now. If you want to talk about it after you process it, we can talk about it a little bit later. So you're mm-hmm. setting the stage for success for both of you, mm-hmm. not to get a raw visceral reaction to something that you feel truly sensitive about and that your partner is hearing for the first time. The second thing that I, um, that I like to do is I like to trade porn with my partners. So that way I have a little bit of a buffer between me and my fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, Hey, can I share something explicit with you? Yes. Share it. What are your thoughts about it? Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? What did you not like mm-hmm. about it? 
where did you see yourself in it? Where do you see me in it? And so now we are talking about something that neither one of us have to be attached to. Mm -hmm. um, And we're allowing the performers to give us a model of what I have been perhaps, you know, like kind of craving. Mm -hmm. I think those are such great tools to have, especially when you're talking with a partner. And the first tip that you talked about, because like for me, I could be so interested in something explicit that was just shared with me, but I have no idea how to like tell you that right now. So leaving space Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. like, no, you don't have to say anything. Just watch and let me know later because I could be like, fuck yeah, in my head, but I don't know how to like tell you that. (laughs) So I think that's a great, (laughs) it's a great skill to work on of leaving space in general. Um, And so Mm -hmm. are these tools Mm -hmm. that you work with as a master fetish trainer, like what is, what does that look like with couples or individuals? And are these the tools that you help them implement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually I'm using more of these tools in, in therapy, um, more so than, than, than anything. Um, usually when people are coming for fetish training, they have probably had some of these conversations already and it has either like gone terribly wrong and they're like, we need a professional. Right? <laughs> it's gone really well. Like, yeah, super, super mm-hmm. interested, but like, how do we do this shit? Right. Okay. Um, Logistics. So we yeah. <laughs> help people really explore these things. Some like, I'll give you a real common one and I'll, I'll use couples for example, but we definitely work with singles and couples. Um, a couple will say, my partner really wants me to choke them. My partner really wants me to spank them or to degrade them. And I don't feel comfortable doing that because, you know, I was raised, you know, all my life, like don't do those things Mm -hmm. to people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I don't feel the attraction to like, I don't feel turned on by causing pain. And so I'm not exactly sure how we can, you know, Mm -hmm. and so we'll flesh out, first of all, what it is that partners are getting from some of that activity, you know, like what does breath play do for your partner? What, what does, how does spanking um, increase endorphins and dopamine in the body so that partners can actually understand that no, your partner is not asking you to abuse them. They are actually can derive pleasure through pain. If done properly, this is how most of the time people have like this, like, Oh, okay. So it's like that deep tissue massage that hurts mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. But the only thing, it's like a deep tissue yeah. massage that feels so good, right? It's like a so deep tissue. Yes, that one. <laughs> Helping them to even just understand like the science of some of these things, right, why absolutely. it would even be exciting. Because asking, asking your lover, like, why would you want that done to you? How I don't understand that. That feels so judgy. It feels Mm -hmm. right. But asking a professional, help me understand why people, lots of people, right? So now we found our tribe again. Enjoy this. That's usually one. Or two, helping, where can we meet in the middle? Maybe Mm -hmm. we're hearing, you're using words like spanking and slapping and those type of things. Are you asking for domination? Can we talk about domination that doesn't involve physicality? Can we talk about domination where your partner says you've been bad and you smack yourself and you, you know, at the direction of your partner, but not under the hand until your partner either feels comfortable or, or maybe never. Mm-hmm. This is the dynamic that works for you. Sometimes it's, I'm never going to want to do that. And the other partner going like, I don't want anybody doing anything to me that they don't want to do. And that's yeah. like me and King going, we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will enter. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and <laughs> Insert professional. Yeah. You know? And so we, you know, we create um, all kinds of experiences. And sometimes there are things that, you know, maybe we don't do where we're there. It's not in our wheelhouse, but helping to connect people to other professionals, other experiences, most of our clients, we have been holding their hands since their bachelor, 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 bachelorette party. Oh, um, and we've been in their lives over these 10 years. We've seen their babies be born. We've seen them graduate from having a little like, um, you know, like toy party to like going on these full on swinger BDSM cruises. And I'm like, we did yes. that. We created that pathway. <laughs> Yeah, you did. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the problem solving. I love like wanting to make sure that everyone's happy. I think you said something earlier 
talking about how like our biggest fear when we're bringing these things up is that they're going to think we're weird or there's something wrong with us. There's going to be that shame. Mm -hmm. And so I think leaving that space, having these resources, being willing to problem solve really like it takes that fear away a little bit, maybe not all the way Mm -hmm. because I'm like, it's Mm -hmm. still scary, scary. but I think knowing that those things are in place is so amazing. Mm -hmm. A part of being a master fetish trainer, does that mean that you and King step in as well? Like you can do hands-on work with couples or individuals? Yeah, definitely. In the areas that, that we, you know, that we specialize in and have trained in, um, I think that is really important is knowing, knowing our limits. Okay. Um, I remember talking recently to another dominatrix and we were like doing an IG live and someone was asking about electro play. And I mentioned some like a violet wand. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, like a violet wand. And, and this other dominatrix messaged me and she said, um, like, do you know about this other uh, I can't even think of the name, but it's like a top of the line, like all the way to the top electro play. And I said, actually, I'm not familiar with it. Most of my clients are coming in at a more of an entry level, mid level of play. Um, and when and if they graduate, like now I know who to send them to. Because <laughs> yeah, right? uh-huh. I don't need to know everything. Mm-hmm. I just need to know where I can find these things and how to walk people safely through. Um so yeah, there are times when King and I do enter the scene um, to create the experience that a client is looking to explore. Oftentimes we have people say, I, I really, really want to try this, but I want to know for sure that I'm in a safe space. I don't want to like get to know you and like, you know, like ask you how your day was. I just, <laughs> I want the thing. Uh-huh. So that way when I'm out there dating um, or going to dungeons or going on these mm-hmm. things, I know what safe protocol is. I know what I should feel like, what I shouldn't feel like um, because I've had this done. Going back to that massage example, I had like every one of my little young boyfriends give me a massage. And then when I finally went to go to a professional, I was like, oh, my God, what are these little boys doing? What are they doing? That was not a massage. (laughs) You were literally rubbing my dead skin cells. Oh, my God. Just blowing them all over my body. I don't need that. <laughs> blowing them all over my Not body. Anymore. Right. You don't even know where my muscles were. But do you see the how you right. know what to expect when you do have an experience with a professional? And um, and so oftentimes we do help create those scenes and those safe spaces for people to be able to um, un- to be able to then later go and assess on their own. I'm good. This feels comfortable. um, This is the feeling that I am looking for. This is what my trainer did. Do you do those things? So we, you know, are helping people make discernment out in what can be really scary is dating and kink. Absolutely. What a safe way to start engaging in your fetishes. I think that's great because I exactly with your example, I would not go to I would not try to get to know someone on the street so that they could give me a massage. I would go to someone that I a professional so that they could give me a proper, safe, mm-hmm. appropriate mm-hmm. massage. And we just don't think about sex and learning sex in that way. Um, so I think it's great just sharing yeah, no. the different avenues mm-hmm. that we can find to learn more about ourselves, which is the bottom line. You're learning more about yourself. Absolutely. Do you mind talking about some of... Like what you specialize in or some of the common fetishes that you do work Mm -hmm. with? Yeah. Um, So for me, I am, I focus mostly as a psychological dominatrix. Um, I enjoy the brain as a muscle. It's, you know, I, I, um, it definitely is related to my background as a therapist. Like it has always been my interest long, even before therapy, like what Mm -hmm. motivates people and how can, um, how can I have an impact on how people behave, mm-hmm. right? So um, being in these consensual uh, dominatrix, dom and sub dynamics has been incredible for me to allow my imagination, allow me to pull my skill set, my professional skill set in, um, allow me to help clients and, and my personal, um, personal subs as well, push their boundaries to their, their best self. Um, so I specialize in what I specialize in, in general, like I am an mm-hmm. educator. I am a problem, a, a solution focused therapist. I like helping people find their, find their edge, find their, whatever their next level is. And being able to do that in a kink space 
like that's 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 my shit. <laughs> um, we also specialize in impact play using multiple different tools, whether household items, your hands, or some serious, you know, whether floggers, canes, what have you. Um, how to safely deliver impact play to the body uh, in a way that is again that pleasure. Mm-hmm. for uh, that pain where we derive pleasure from pain or for those that really do enjoy pain. Um, those are some heavy hitters for us. We are also specialized in the sapiosexual. So helping people incorporate the things that they're interested in their cerebral world into their sex. Um, oh gosh, let's see what else. <laughs> we definitely do a lot yeah. of um, yeah. dom sub dynamics. Okay. So I'm, um, you know, helping people safely enter whether 24 or seven dynamics or just scenes of how to be a responsible, responsive and safe submissive. And then also how to be a caring and a caring and um, responsible dom. Mm-hmm. So those are some of our wheelhouses. And when you said cerebral, that long word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the sapiosexual. Yes. <laughs> Does that just mean any interests in our minds and working that into your sexual play? Yeah, it, it does. So really... Um, you know, a sapiosexual is someone that is aroused by the intelligence of, okay. of, of a partner. Um, and, and that intelligence is completely subjective, right? So it can right. be like, I had a great conversation. This person was able to keep up with my wit. Um, or we talked about interesting things. That, that in itself, there's a, a scene that King and um, another model just that just did. They, it's called um, Ethical Sluts, where they sat and they talked about a um, philosophy concept. And then through talking about that, that um, philosophical concept and really getting like each other turned on by like, wow, like you, you, you know, like you're, ta- you're, you have a brain and it's attached to a hot body. Like, oh, you're full, full human. Um, they had this discussion and, and pointed out some key aspects of this particular philosophy, uh, philosophy that they were reviewing. And then he had her acted out in her body um, when they were doing this full sexual scene. So there was a, a aspect that was specifically about stillness. And so taking that, that conversation that they had about stillness and then actually putting it and it manifesting in her body to be still during some like serious, like hardcore play. It's like, wow. I could have like aced college if I had training. <laughs> Only the subjects were broader. I would understand. <laughs> you know, like that quadratic yeah. equation would have been so much easier to remember. Oh yeah. Bent over, you know. But um, so that would be a sapiosexual example. Wow, that's a whole other universe. Yeah. I love that. I that's love how you're holding yourself yeah. as an academic that I know you are. <laughs> just <laughs> like, like, whoa. Oh, <laughs> that's just so crazy. That's insane. I love that. That's See, it's just so much you can learn about different. Mm-hmm. And like people who might feel like, oh, that really turns me on. But why? And now it's like finding these different, like exactly your tribe, like you're saying, like your new understanding people that just get you that's so cool so Mm -hmm. out there i love it we wanted to get into specific fetishes a little bit more that people might want to start trying Mm -hmm. um impact play was Mm -hmm. one that you touched Mm -hmm. on and that we were very interested in so we'd love to talk a little bit more about that how do you recommend somebody start Mm -hmm. so um for starters I love the idea of trying things on yourself before allowing someone else to try Mm -hmm. them on you or trying them on someone else. Right. So when you think of impact play, we just like automatically like see whoever our perfect, perfect person is like doing something to us or Mm -hmm. us doing it to them. Right. Just take one step back. How do you feel slapping yourself in the face? (laughs) Right. And um, this is this is a a tool that I use with with all of my soon to be submissives. Um, It lets me know first for starters, one, if they're like hesitant, oh, they like the anticipation or they will like the anticipation. You know, if they go, okay. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I, like paying attention to that body language. Okay, that hesitation, there's something there for me. Anticipation is likely to get this person um, riled up. Mm-hmm. When they hit themselves, 
Do they do a little light tap? Oh, yeah, they're not ready for the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you already know they have, you're seeing their relationship with pain right mm-hmm. there in itself. Um, do they go all in? Okay. I take that as, oh, they've either done this before, they love pain, or they're trying to impress me. All three things that I need to learn more about, right? Okay. Three, after they do it, how did that make you feel? If you can see the sadness uh, or shame coming across their face, are they really ready for this um, this type of play? Does the play need to be introduced in a way that is specifically about, I'm going to hit you so I can get your body to release some endorphins and dopamine because it's trying to take care of that pain? Or do I need to hit you and make sure that we don't use any type of degra- uh, degrading language, any mm. type of humiliation, uh, because I can already see shame coming over your face. So before, like, why would I want to strike someone and then go, oh, shit, they're not ready for this? When I can so much more allow them to have that experience with themselves and then ask questions to know where I might fit into that. Um, Then the reverse of that is when you're trying it on yourself, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it allows you to have the language to tell your partner, I smacked myself a couple of times and I just can't get hard enough. Ah, okay. <laughs> ready for, you know, and some big, big yes. girl. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> or I smacked myself or I spanked my butt and it triggered me and it made me think about when I was a little girl and got spanked. I thought I was going to like it and I really did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why traumatize someone yeah. when we can actually then instead have a conversation? So that that to me is is number one. The second thing is if you're like past all those points, yeah, 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 all that, <laughs> thank me, I'm ready, mm-hmm. right? Use your hands first. Sometimes we like are quick to go for a belt or a whatever, you know, a mm-hmm. paddle, a flogger. Like those are awesome tools. But if you don't know how it feels to strike someone and how hard, you know, like if it doesn't, if it leaves a little prickly feeling on your, <laughs> on your hand, you're going to be much more cognizant uh, of how much to the intensity that you, when you actually have a tool attached. Um, and so I much rather have that direct connection to a person's body and then have a direct connection to my body first before you have something in between us that's likely to have more force and no connection to, you know, or direct connection to the person swinging it. So those are just some quick tips. Those are great quick tips because I would never smack myself first (laughs) or do something to myself first (laughs) to see if I like it. But all of those points you brought up about, is it going to trigger you? Are Mm -hmm. you upset? Is this going to totally scar you if it happens first in the bedroom where you don't feel like you have enough say, you know, and that that makes perfect Mm -hmm. sense for doing it to yourself first. My one question that came up for me was like determining like how hard you want to get smacked or like have somebody smack you. Like if you have, you know, done it to yourself, you have a pretty good idea and you're Mm -hmm. with your partner, like logistically, Mm -hmm. how do you like convey the like hardness of it? Do you tell them to like start lighter and then we'll work our way up? Or like, do you have them test on your hand or a pillow? (laughs) Punch this pillow. <laughs> Show me okay. how hard. All of those things. All of those things. You know, if it's your first time, like accuracy, right? You mm-hmm. want to yeah. be accurate. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, there are parts of our body that cannot and should not be be striked. Um, mm-hmm. So it is important, like if you're working with a partner that you are like, yeah, okay, start start low. We use universal safety words. We use red, yellow, and green. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll start with my submissive. Little little love taps. I call them little love taps. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, you know, it doesn't, some people feel like, oh man, like she's not going to think I'm serious with these little love taps, <laughs> right? Please, what you're really doing is building anticipation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're spanking my butt like this, I'm like, oh shit, when is, when is, when, <laughs> you know, like, when, when is he going to really turn his hand back? Um, but we have this idea, again, in entertainment, they don't show you the warm up. Mm-hmm. to somebody getting like this like we turn I, rff royal fetish films doesn't but oftentimes when we're all in set when i'm uh, for an, an, another company they'll go like hey can you warm up the submissive and then we'll start rolling once you feel like we're there 
you know, so we, we might be warming up for like good five or 10 minutes and then the camera turns oh, wow. on and all you're seeing is like, ah, I want to be able to take it like that. Like, you need a warm up. Uh-huh. So, um, so the universal safety words that we use are red, yellow, and green. So I could be here doing these little light love taps and I'm asking my submissive, what is your color? And they're like, green. Okay. So I can go a little, what's your color? Yellow. <laughs> okay, good. I'll take it down a notch. You see? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it is great to build up in anything that we do. Anything. You know, when you think of regular sex, like, I don't know about for you, but don't go just jamming anything in me. <laughs> no. There's like a couple oh. of steps. Like, Absolutely. Like, yes. Rub <laughs> me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important to highlight the warm up. And because. Again, like you say on mm-hmm. on videos or whatever you're watching, you don't see that, and that's oftentimes where people get their most knowledge. Sometimes is from watching different videos. So it's like warm up is so important, and yeah, that's perfect to do with your partner. And I like what's your color instead of saying, <laughs> "Is this green, yellow, red? Am I stopping? Yeah. Am I going? Am I?" It's like, "What's your color? What's your color? <laughs> where? <are> you at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. And you know, the other thing too, people will often say, like, um. Well, I don't want to keep checking in. I feel like the person is going to think I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Checking, check in as much as you want. Um, because one, the liability is on you. You mm-hmm. are literally striking someone's body. Yeah. You are, <laughs> you are applying pain on purpose mm-hmm. with consent, but the liability is on you. So it is in your best interest, one, for your experience and their experience to check in. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, is it's a great way of keeping your sub grounded and making Mm -hmm. sure that they are in the space. They have not left to trauma brain. Right. Right. Or um, that they can breathe, that they're not in a compromised situation and that they are also an active participant in being responsible for how their body is responding. So if I'm spanking the shit out of you and you keep saying green and then at the end you're like, that was too hard. That's for you to process on your own because I did my part. Right. You know. Um, And the other reason why I love the colors, too, is because, like, when you're getting smacked, you can't be like, um, yeah, a little bit lighter, (laughs) maybe more fingertips to the left to like, no, like I could say yellow, slow the hell down or red so we can completely stop. Mm -hmm. And then I can give you my feedback when I'm fully clear and not in a compromised situation. Mm That's what I was going to say, too. I feel like that check-in is another way. Like, for me, that would mean, like, oh, you're emotionally here with me, too, because you're supporting me. But we're also having this really fun play where I feel like a submissive. So I that would be Mm -hmm. more of a Mm turn-on for me to feel like I was being checked in with. And if it's a, like, Mm -hmm. confidence Mm -hmm. issue, the way you did it when you were saying, like, what's your color? You did not lack any confidence. You clearly (laughs) knew what you were doing. So like if you can go into it knowing, like having those kinds of phrases that are going to keep you in that confidence, in that like dom role Mm -hmm. while still Mm -hmm. making sure you're checking Mm -hmm. in. I feel like that's so important because you don't want to get out of it and sound like a weenie. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) you still need to do those check-ins. Right. Right. What would be some of your first like. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like beginner tools to incorporate tools or instruments in impact play? What would be your first couple ones that Mm. you would suggest people to try out? So right after the hands, I love the idea of going to household items because sometimes people are running out and investing in some pretty, like pretty expensive, you know, equipment Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. There's lots of fun stuff that's out there, but if you're not really sure if you, you know, want to explore this for a long periods of time, then it, it can even be a little like discouraging to buy, you know, like when you go out and you buy all the things and you're like, I don't even know how to use any of these things, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or one, mm-hmm. or I don't really like this. And then every time you look at your toy drawer, you look at this thing that like you, you know, either you feel like you failed or mm-hmm. you feel like what a waste of money. Um, that's what I would be thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like household tools, like a spatula, okay, a belt, a book, you know? Um, and when books are cool because the, you have all different intensity sizes and, mm-hmm. and things of that sort. Paperback, um, hardback. Encyclopedia. What was that? 
I love it. Rubber bands, oh, hair yeah. ties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that feeling? Um, a towel, a wet towel. I'm just looking. Y'all tell me. Look around, <laughs> look around your office. What do you see? What, are, what do you see in your office that could be used um, as a nice thinking tool? Well, we just see crystals in our <laughs> We office. have a lot of crystals on our desk. <laughs> Um, but well, I was I thinking heard. like wooden wooden spoon, like that was what was coming to mind with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You have your curtains. I have curtains. <laughs> you could uh, whip them. Curtain rod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Legos out up there. Yeah, we have, like, <laughs> my fiance's Legos are Just up there. Just throw them at yeah. your ass, you know? <laughs> you step on a Lego, it yeah. fucking hurts. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have a two-year-old. You think I don't know? <laughs> oh. So, yeah, just those kind of those um, household items. Of course, you want to make sure it's in good repair so mm-hmm. no one gets like, you know, like there's not like a piece of, of metal off like the a belt splinter. or you know, something yeah. along those lines right. or you know um but i think those are really fun items and and they're also not intimidating mm-hmm. you know um and and a lot of times that can keep us from exploring because we'll see like king noir doing like figure eights and florentines with his floggers <laughs> and tossing them to me and i'm like on the floor and like, <laughs> like practice that shit. like come on our, our family eats based on if we catch that flogger or not so you know so you're catching it you're catching it exactly (laughs) nobody's missing meals over here but in your play it should not feel intimidating you know Mm -hmm. you're not gonna it's like any any anything else that we want to um we want to to strive towards we don't just go and like pick up I don't know I'm trying to think of a sport and I'm really like failing right now um but basketball. whatever it is. I don't pick up basketballs <laughs> I can't do that there oh you go yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta start you either have to start with lessons or you gotta start with a very like kind of in a mural right yeah fun yeah. um and then if you realize that I have a passion for this or I'm really good at this, then you can start graduating to more things. And I think that that is really healthy um, for any sexual journey or exploration is not to have like these. I mean, it's great if you have a goal in mind, but a goal means that you also have a whole plan of point A to that goal. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. we're like, I have a goal, so I'm just going to do the goal. Like, that's not how it works. You know, you're going to do the steps yeah. to get to that goal. 100%. Absolutely. The warm up. Yeah. Always with the Always warm up. Warm, warm up. up. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I loved getting deeper into deeper into back play. <laughs> I I think those are those are great tips. Those are something that I feel like is a little bit more common for people mm-hmm. who are just starting out. It's like, oh, I spike mm-hmm. my ass a little bit. So I think those type of tips are just so important to talk about and I love it um, but we have reached a part in our episode where we like to do homework for honeys hey. <laughs> where we like to do and talk about one actionable step we can take from all of this information and apply it into our lives so Jasmine would you do the honor of assigning us some homework for this week Yes, I will. Um, actually, I have two small. I, I came with one, but since we since we talked about so much here, mm-hmm. um, I do want to give two pieces. So one is going to be, of course, the psychological aspect, and then the two will be the physical. All right. So the, the one that I came up with for the psychological aspect is a lot of times there's sexual anxiety around trying anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, this anxiety it doesn't even have to be sexual anxiety. You could be listening to this and thinking, "Oh my god, that sounds so." <laughs> great but the idea the part where you said talk to your partner oh that's scaring me Mm -hmm. right or like oh yeah impact play sounds cool and then when you said the belt like now I'm all screwed up about it um so we do bring those anxieties into into our our sexual experiences and I don't often think that we have tools to use to resolve that anxiety um usually we're trying to just push through And when we are trying to push through uncomfortable feelings in sex, a lot of times we check out. And, um, and I do see a a lot of people asking how they can be more present in sex. And, and I do feel strongly that that is because we're bringing anxieties, fears, judgment into our space that don't allow us to focus on pleasure. 
So I want um, our listeners to kind of think about a container that they can bring into any sexual experience. Um, Maybe it's a like visualize, maybe it's a glass container that you can see what's inside. Maybe it's a basket that um, someone described a hamper that has a lid on it. Like you find your container that you want to put in your hoe bag and you want to (laughs) take it where to where you go and put it down wherever you're about to have a sexual experience. Um, it's imaginative. It's imagina- uh, imagination we're using, but if you actually need a physical one, go for it. This container is where, prior to engaging in any sexual um, activity, you're going to put those fears, those anxieties, those things, stressors. It might be a bad day. Um, it might be something that you're really, really consumed with, but you need to put it in a container to be able to be present for your sex. So while we're um, having this little activity, I want you to kind of be thinking about what do I normally, what are the feelings that normally come with me for my sexual explorations that keep me from having the best time? And those are the things that go in your container. Don't worry. You can pick up all your fear, all your shame, all your sadness, all your whatevers, (laughs) all your anxieties at the end. Mm -hmm. Make sure your container is safe because you do need to work on the shit that's in there. Mm -hmm. But during your happy, sexy time may not be the right time to try to process those thoughts. So get yourself a nice little container that you feel your problems are safe to be stored in. Enjoy your experience without those and be willing to pick them back up and work on them in the most appropriate place, which I hope for you is therapy <laughs> um, or with some awesome podcasters. I think. <laughs> so that's the psychological homework oh, um, for your listeners. And the physical one is slap yourselves. Try it. <laughs> See what shows up and write a little yes. reflection and share with the uh, with the ladies at Honeydew how that works for you. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Um, did you pass the assignment? Did you fail? We want to know. Oh, 100%. That was so beautiful. And I love the thought of because if you can't, I'm going to ruin all of your words with my words. But <laughs> no, if, no, if, no, come on. <laughs> you can edit this. <laughs> Because it's it's good for people who need something physical, whether it's physical, like you've manifested it in your head or like Mm -hmm. you literally carry a jar with you. But that's such a beautiful way to like put all of that in there Mm because I'm someone that gets so caught up in my head. Absolutely. But if you are putting it in uh, that container during that time, what a beautiful space you can open up Mm -hmm. to slap yourself and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Amazing homework. Yes. I enjoy uh, it. So good. Can you tell our <laughs> listeners where they can continue to connect with you after the episode? Yes, absolutely. You can find me on all things Jet Set Jasmine. Um, a website is Jet Setting Jasmine, where you will find links to everything from the Kinky Kinky Triple X, all of our OnlyFans pages, um, as well as our website, RoyalFetishXXX.com. And you can also find links to the more therapeutic and sex positive parenting ends of the work that we do on there as well. So that's JetSettingJasmine.com. Perfect. That'll all be in the show notes. Yes. Thank you so much, Jasmine. This was so much fun. There was a ghost in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) I got it out. It's fine. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Blessed be. Thank you so much to Jet Setting Jasmine for being on the podcast today and just having that conversation to really educate us and our listeners about what a fetish is. And thank you so much to our listeners for sticking around. Yeah. 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 And if you have a few extra minutes or seconds, really, it's not going to take that long. If you could head over to <laughs> Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me Podcast. That helps us so, so much. We love to know what you think of the show, um, as long as it's good. So as long as it's all positive things. <laughs> yeah. My ego can't take negative Yeah, things. we don't like... Uh, Criticism. I don't like criticism at all. Ever. We also don't like mean things said to us. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. Anyway, yeah. well, I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.